Hey folks, it's Joel, and this is Rev Thinking, where I am sharing all my secrets on how to take your studio, agency, or production company to the next level. It's March 2nd, 2016, and today I'm interviewing Tim Thompson. Tim is the founder and chief revolution thinker at RevThink. Welcome to Rev Thinking. Your host is Joel Pilger, founder of Impossible Pictures and now consultant at Revolution Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Find out more at RevThink.com. Now here's your host, Joel Pilger. Who is Tim Thompson? Tim is the founder of Revolution Thinking, what we call RevThink. And I thought today would be a good opportunity for me to help you get to know him better. Where does he come from? How did he get into this really crazy industry that we live in? And I think you'll enjoy the interview because Tim comes from not only a storied uh, history, but he's had a lot of different experiences. And now as a consultant, this will hopefully give you a little context on where he picked up all of his crazy wisdom and experience and so forth along the way. So this is part one of two. Hope you enjoy the interview with me and Tim. Okay, so for the benefit of our audience. (laughs) (laughs) All that again. I'm uh, I'm sitting here with Tim Thompson, and we were having this conversation, and I realized, wait, 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 Let let me just record this because this could be a really good podcast that a lot of people would say, oh, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to know Tim and his story through that. But the story that you and I were talking about, because it serves as a really good example, was a meeting that we had a couple weeks ago with a guy that runs a motion design studio and production company, yeah. kind of rolled into one. Yeah. And when we'll call this, what's, what do we want to call this fellow? Jim? Jim. Okay, Jim. So we're sitting down having a conversation with Jim. And in the process of Jim getting to know you, he yeah. started to ask some really big questions and started to get really excited. Yeah. So tell me about that. Well, for, first of all, it was a very fun thing because uh, in an interesting way, there's these production companies that are up and running, and he's doing great, right? He, he feels like he's a newcomer, but you and I, knowing the scope of people that we talk to on a daily basis, that they're actually pretty well established. Um, and he's really kind of questioning his own method. Am I doing it right? Or, you know, is there a better way of doing it? Is there a faster way? And that's what was engaging in the conversation. And by it, meaning how I'm running my business, how I'm getting business, how I'm... Uh, billing people, billing, right. uh, tracking hours. Who? These right. strange, am I, make, am I making any money? Yeah, I'm making money. Right. Yep. right. Yep. Can I grow faster? Should I hire an EP? You know, should I take on partners? These are all questions that people ask mm-hmm. us at that level of business. And he was asking a few of those. Um, and we've had this moment, by the way, we had this moment even more recently where um, somebody came to us with a like a budget slash tracking system. And they said that they really love it. They took it from one of their old companies. And, and you know, if I could only do that. And then we opened it, and it was the Excel sheet that I wrote many years ago, Imaginary Forces. It just is being passed on from person to person. Right, right. It's so, made its round through the <laughs> ether and through all the different companies, and it comes back to yeah. comes full circle. So we have these fun moments where, I mean, you know, it's I'm just very lucky to be 
in an industry at the right time and right place. Almost meaning like the digital age was hitting our industry and I happened to be young enough, naive enough, and in the right location that new things were happening, that there were systems that I put in place or people that I knew and, and, and I would say invented some parts of our industry and that still lives out there. And so we get these strange feedback loops of, oh, I, and the, oh, I have this sheet or I have done this protocol or I've done this thing and I go like, oh yeah, that's the one I made back at Imaginary Forces or oh, that's the software I wrote when I was at Trailer Parker, right. whatever these fun ideas are. Now, and so if I, I'll play Jim, yeah. Right. So Jim in this conversation says, it's really great to meet you guys. I've heard some great things about you. So-and-so said we should meet. What is it that you guys do? And oh, yeah. so what, what was the story that you told him? Um, you know, I, again, I got pretty lucky. I, was, I worked on the Emmys and the Oscars when I first got into TV in Los Angeles. And I, it was a very funny way of getting into industry. But quite frankly and very literally, I went door-to-door at Burbank until I got hired at Dick Clark Productions. And it, it simply, I walked in the front door, I asked for a job, I worked in the mailroom, and I got my first job. <laughs> mailroom? There's even a mailroom in this it story. It was a mailroom. <laughs> That's so how awesome. old it is. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't an email room. We were pushing carts up and down the hall. <laughs> um, and, well, Dick Clark does live TV, so that circuit of live TV people is who I got involved in, and that's what carried me into the Oscars and the Emmys and those kind of, that, those early jobs. Um, but one of the people I, I worked with at the Oscars recommended me for a job at this company I've never heard of called RGALA, and they were a visual effects company in Los Angeles. Um, I applied for the job, I got the job, and day one of the job, I did um, the opening credit sequence for Dead Presidents. It was a Hughes Brothers film back in the 90s, and I met this long-haired dude named Kyle, and we went to the set and we burned dollar bills for the opening credit sequence. And I still had no idea what, I, what this company even did, but I was on set, and it was fun, and I loved it. And now some of our listeners are saying, wait, I think he just said Kyle. That might be... Yeah, Kyle Cooper. Kyle Cooper, yeah. okay. Yeah. It was before seven, so right. but he was we'll he get, has a long-haired we'll, hippie back Yeah, we'll get, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that point in the story. <laughs> that's right, right, right. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, there, there's no doubt any business person's book you read they say luck's part of it, and I was lucky to be at the at that place at that time. That's just, um, I'm not going to take credit for it. It just happened to be where I was. While at RGALA, I picked up skills along the way. Microsoft Excel, FileMaker Pro, all these kind of funny tools, and, you know, early in the digital age, quite frankly, Microsoft Excel was an unknown entity, and people didn't even know how to do some formulas in, in the middle of the thing. I was able to generate things like create budgets with relationals in them or write databases to track people's phone numbers or whatever this funny stuff was. I just happened to be a guy right. that could also do a couple of tricks to make my life easier. Asset libraries. Asset libraries. Yeah. Exactly right. Actually, mm-hmm. I did write the library at mm-hmm. NIF or RGA. And um, that side job or that thing I was doing just to help myself survive with that skill kind of became the operation of places. Like everyone starts using your FileMaker database, it's there. And that spread out my expertise into rare and unusual places at the company. So, um, you know, eventually RGA LA closed the visual effects division. They actually closed all of it, but we happened to have done the title sequence for seven right at that closing. And we transitioned from RGLA visual effects company to RGLA slash imaginary forces 
main title company. And this and is the point. The this is the point in the story when there's that record scratch that I don't. I'm not going to play that sound effect. <laughs> yeah, right. And everybody you goes underneath. Right. Everybody goes. Wait, did he just say seven? Yeah, it was the seven title. Right, because in our industry, seven was an absolute pivotal moment where yeah. we were moving from an analog to a digital world. Kyle and the establishment of Imaginary Forces, right. this whole genre of amazing film title work that, of course, that launched. Yeah. So, anyways, I just had to make that commentary. Uh, that's a good point, too. Yeah, and we have clients today that are in our industry because they watched the seven title sequence in high school and they wanted to get involved in the industry. And it's just lucky. And I feel that there is a blessing to touching the film. I mean, my wife hand typed the in crawl sequence backwards so that it can crawl backwards. You know, just sitting over a Microsoft Word with my wife, giving her every name. There's these really funny, uh, only, you, you only, you can only just be there and, and make an app. And we didn't know we were making seven. Yeah. We just were making the next greatest title sequence that Kyle touched. And it, right time, right place, right film, all those things lined up. And it was awesome. And it, it was really fun. And, and isn't that such an interesting commentary on what it's like to be at the right time, at the right place? You don't know it when you're you there. You don't know it until later you look back and say, wow, lightning struck. Yeah. And if I'd known better, I'd have had a bottle and yeah. caught it, but oh well. And now you, you know, you probably yeah. it on to the next thing. What's the next step on the, the journey? Well, quite frankly, I mean, the, the company was closed down. No one worked there. It was myself, Saffron, Kenny, and as I call it, the people in the closet that were making the title sequences. We started getting phone calls from Spielberg and Robert Redford and um, Martin Scorsese, and I mean, we were getting congratulation calls. Kyle, those were existing call, clients for Kyle already. He had worked for many of them, but right. they were calling to congratulate, and that started this crazy thing. Well, when you're one of 20 people in a building, you start surviving, and in that surviving, it starts evolving, and in that evolution, you start finding your place, and somebody had to do it. And I was the person who always went to like, well, then I'll go do it. I'll figure out operations, and I'll figure out the systems. I'll figure out these plans. I'll hire that person. I'll under try to figure out that, what this new technology is called Adobe After Effects and how that might be used it within a production model. Right. Um, so in short, the it there is we now have all this opportunity that vastly exceeds our capacity. That's right. Right? So... How do we solve these problems? How do we create systems and routines that have never been invented before? That's right. To actually make this business successful, because as we all know, th doing the work, the creative piece, right. it's, a, it's a very important but very small piece of what it is to actually run an enterprise like that. That's right. Yeah. And that, those are the early decisions that I made to make my career, that there were people that wanted to be the producer and there were people who wanted to be the creative, but no one was choosing how to figure out these other things, because well, it wasn't a job. Well, was it was it? just the other things of the business that needed to be with the business stuff. Because you're a masochistic and you know enjoyed oh, that dude, crazy part don't of it. Even. Isn't that funny? Because you're right. There's people like, oh, I want to produce, and oh, I want to be client facing. Oh, I want to do sales. Oh, I want to do the creative. But yeah. there aren't many people that say, I want to figure out how to create a spreadsheet that tracks. Oh, <laughs> it's worse than that. It's like there's a fire. Everyone else is just yelling fire and running away, and I'm for some reason running toward the fire to figure out how to solve your the body, problem. Right, right. Throwing your body on the grenade. That's exactly right. But you know, somebody had to do it for whatever strange reason. I felt capable of doing it because no one on the planet was. I, no one was really doing it. I, I was making the phone calls to the experts, whoever those people might be, and we were discussing together how we might get through this issue. Sure. So. 
again, time and place. So I became known as the person that solves problems, let's say, whatever that, you know, I was called the head of operations, but I was a problem solver. And the business itself was generating new businesses. Uh, motion theory was created out of imaginary forces. You and company was created out of imaginary force. I mean, just one after the other were sure. going on. Sure. As well as competitors were trying to become imaginary forces. So Three Ring Circus or other people in the industry were trying to do it. Right. So my next step kind of was a freelance problem solver, you might say. I mean, I was hired as a producer or something, but no matter where I went, I always dealt with these issues. Where it went. I went from imaginary forces to you and company. Great friends with Garson Yu. We knew each other, respected each other at Imaginary Forces. He was had a growing business, and I needed a place to land. And we got together, and I did the same thing at, at U and Co. that I did to Imaginary Forces, put systems in place and grew. Mm-hmm. From there, I went to Trailer Park. Trailer Park was a very fun um, opportunity because we started with 40 people, and we ended with 400 people. So you can imagine all the different issues that were going on there. And how much time say it was 40 to 400. Oh, it was four years probably. Good grief. That's still crazy meteoric. And I was hired for a summer. I mean, I was hired for three months and I was there for four, four and a half years. Right. The systems just grew and grew and people grew and my opportunities grew and just always kind of diving at things that no one was touching and kept building. Sure. Them. So all, all that to say, like these, these moments and these times and these building blocks started creating opportunities for me to walk into businesses and what was the, I remember the early days of walking into a business where I didn't know anyone really. Um, I just had a reputation, and and they knew to to talk to me. And then the information they would give me within a, a one-hour conversation, and I thought nobody should know this about you. Um, right, you're sharing I, all your secrets with me. Right. Yeah, I think that I, I think there's a certain like I had graduated from seminary, so I was you know there's a. No, a therapist. A therapist, like, like role agreement. function there, yeah. right? Like there, are no non-disclosures necessary. You're a minister, right? I can tell you everything, kind of moment. But that again, the collecting of very sensitive information, in a general sense, across the industry from different people, I started finding other now industry-wide issues opposed to just company by company issues, and that really is the beginning of my consulting because I started recognizing that our industry was hurting in certain areas. And I'm a fan of our industry. I love what we do. I think it's dynamic. I, the people in it are great. Um, it's the thing I grew up with, and I wanted it to stay healthy. So there is the first half of the two-part interview with Tim Thompson talking about our industry and wanting it to stay healthy. No doubt if you're an owner yourself, you've experienced some of those pain points. Tune in next time and we'll pick up part two of my interview with Tim Thompson. Thanks for listening to Rev Thinking. For more insights on running your creative studio or to ask us a question, visit RevThink.com. We'd love to hear from you. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out 
many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.